0: species
1: is this is, uh, it's a velociraptor red raptors
0: it's not possible listen there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us it's that life will not be contained life breaks free it expands to new territories and it crashes through barriers painfully maybe even dangerously but i'm i'm simply saying that life uh
2: finds a way it's not about control standing <sighs> it's a relationship <laughs> Based on respect, these animals are thinking, I gotta eat, I gotta hunt, I gotta, you gotta be able to relate to at least one of those things. Welcome
1: to Jurassic World. Velocicoaster, the newest, most exciting new roller coaster opening at Universal Islands of Adventure. Here is a special sneak peek and review of this amazing coaster with Andrew Locke. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to our first live, live episode of Coaster Challenge Podcast. And I'm David Cantu, and I've got my producing team here. I got Iva and Andrew. And Iva,
0: hi guys.
1: Iva's going to be our correspondent uh, today because she's going to be interviewing me and Andrew because Andrew and I both had a very exciting. Uh, weekend uh, we both had some major experiences and uh, we're looking forward to sharing with all you guys what we did this past weekend so take it away Iva
0: all right yeah well, you guys have been real busy I'm glad to hear about you know and by the way happy belated birthday David happy 40th everyone, birthday yes happy 40th for those of you who don't know David turned the big 4-0 yesterday
1: thank you guys yeah so, and what a way to celebrate it <laughs> If, yeah, many and didn't we're see, be... if many of you didn't see what I did on Saturday, I shocked the I shocked the heck out of my entire family and friends. Man, they never thought in a million years they see me do what I did. So
2: I wasn't sure you'd do it, and uh, I know you're you know one to definitely conquer your fears. You've done a lot of that, but this is a whole nother level. What you did on Sunday, so you saw <laughs> my, Saturday, the video. Saturday. You saw
1: you saw my the, the official video YouTube video that came out right. So you yep, got to see the, the Yeah, you notice. And I'll, I'll go in more detail when you guys ask the questions, but if you notice when she said three, two, one, go, I went, I didn't, I didn't flinch. (laughs) I didn't pause. I didn't freeze up most. I've been watching the sky jump videos for years because it's something I've been wanting to do. I noticed that a lot of people, like when they do the countdown and tell you to go, they would like freeze up. They're like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And all of a sudden I just did it. I said, nah, man, I'm up there. We're doing this thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so as everyone who's watching knows, the mission of Coaster Challenge is to face your fears. And of course, the biggest fear that all of us have to face every day is life. So life can present us with challenges every day and it's our choice to face those fears or we can uh, make them overcome us. So whether it be you have a family member pass away or you're getting ready to start a new job or you're getting over your fear of heights by choosing to skydive, We require the absence of fear to survive. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way. And life definitely found a way just recently with Andrew, who was able to Visit Jurassic World at Islands of Adventure at Universal Studios, Orlando, and ride the new Velocicoaster. Yes, I did. So I have to ask Andrew, how many rides did you get in?
2: So, um, and this is Scouts Scout's Honor here, uh, God's Honest Truth. I've written it eight times. And before you guys in the chat or listen to the podcast later on, so before you guys think I used eight different emails to register for the Passover previews, uh, that is not not what I did. Everything I did was on the up and up and legal. Um, I can't talk too much about how I was able to ride it that way but i suffice to say i was one of the first members of the public to ride it and that was prior to sunday's um, um festivities with the first day of castle of previews i did ride it twice on sunday once with my reservation and second i was with a group of seven people a bunch of my friends came in later in the day for an evening time slot, not in the dark, unfortunately. And there were seven of them. And I was nice to the team member. I'm a nice guy. And I said, Hey, the seat's going to be empty anyway because of COVID. Can I fill the eighth seat to make it an even, you know, four rows? They said, Sure, come on down. So I got to ride it twice on Sunday uh, during previews. But I wrote it six times before that. I've ridden it front and back all over. I feel very fortunate because of the situation I was in. Again, I can't give details due to non disclosure agreements, but um, I have experienced this coaster extensively. And I'm looking forward to talking about it today. So
0: I know. I'm looking forward to riding in october with the rest of you guys definitely
2: same here Uh, definitely without (laughs) just
1: seeing just just seeing all the outside shots and everybody who sends me videos especially you andrew you always good at sending me videos i'm still working on our Velocicoaster episode yeah i i i kind of have to agree with you when you made your review uh your rank of your coasters. I'm now nervous. It's like, is Velocicoaster... <laughs> uh, it's going to be between Iron Guazi and Velocicoaster to see if Steel Vengeance holds my, its title with me as number one. But um, so far, everyone has said Velocicoaster is in their top five or top three coasters, and that's impressive. I mean, the chatter is all is really huge.
2: Well, you know, Steel Vengeance is a beast, but Velocicoaster, <laughs> you, got, you never can count out Velociraptors. They are the... As, as uh, Universal says, Apex Predator, you know, they are they're some of the smartest dinosaurs ever to exist, and they are coming for Steel Vengeance. And so i heard you from say many that... people. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: So would you say that Steel Vengeance is a beast, but Velocicoaster is an animal?
2: Oh, I, 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 <laughs> I don't like to be too corny in life, but I have to agree. And, and we'll talk more in detail here, of course, pretty soon. Universal's marketing for this coaster has been stellar. And yes, it's a little bit corny and all that. But this coaster, it is the apex predator of coasters. This coaster is a beast. It is an enthusiast coaster. This is not your typical universal or certainly Disney coaster. This is the most intense, forceful, and incredible coaster that has been built in a universal or Disney park anywhere in the world. And I know I'm using supporters there. I've been to all the parks all around the world. You know, this there's nothing like it. And it's it's we are blessed here in Orlando with the coasters we have now, the Velocicoaster and the ones we're getting pretty soon. I am quasi. Tron, um, you know, even the smaller ones like Icebreaker, of course, and you know, and Guardians, Cosmic Rewind. This, I think, Velocicoaster. This is the tip. This is the kind of kickoff for the for the big game. And we're hearing the Super Bowl of coasters here in Florida for the next couple of years. It is insane what is happening. Down
0: Can't wait. All right, Andrew, you ready to get down and dirty with some prehistoric dinosaurs?
2: Uh, always, always.
0: <laughs> All right. So your first question is, what was the experience like going through the queue line for Velocicoaster?
2: All right. In word, queue is amazing. So it's a few things I want to talk about here. So first of all kind of the overall kind of the kind of aesthetic to it um, is very modern, uh, gray walls, gray building. It, it looked like you're in Jurassic World. This is a Jurassic World themed ride, not park, even though it's behind the Discovery Center. But um, the inside of the building, outside the building, you it's very modern, very chic. Lots of great, you know, LED lighting, different color lighting, and so forth, music playing, of course. Um, so first of all, that, that aesthetic is outstanding and it meets and it matches Jurassic World, the Jurassic World movies. There are some really cool things to see in the queue. The first thing is the giant bronze uh, raptor statues. There's a, i think there's three, four, maybe four, I guess four raptors in the statue there in the middle and the first room that you go in the queue. And then as you dive and, and walk further back inside, it gets darker, of course, because there's no more outside light. And there's a several more rooms that you go into. And each of these, I guess three other rooms basically, before you hit the lockers, each have some interesting things. So one of those rooms is has some nice Easter eggs. There's kind of like a bookcase behind a, behind a um, fencing, if you will. There's, there's a book by Ian Malcolm. There's a book by um, Grant, Dr. Grant, Dr. Sadler, all. So basically it's Jurassic World. But Jurassic World takes place after Jurassic Park in the Jurassic movies timeline. So all you know, the, the three main characters from the original Jurassic Park movies, they're they're in this universe and they exist as it's dinosaur experts, Jurassic Park experts, and so forth. And they're gonna be in the third Jurassic World movie, by the way. All of them are gonna be, and they're gonna be major characters, by the way. I'm a huge fan of all these movies, you can't tell. So anyway, so there's books by them in there, and, and so that's kind of cool Easter egg. The uh probably one of the standout rooms, another room that's in there that you're going through. And I wanna advise everyone that's watching, everyone's listening to the podcast later on. When you go to Universal and you uh, go on VelociCoaster, even if it's still socially distanced and so forth, and they're not letting a lot of people in the queue at a time, which is what they're doing right now with Pass previews, I have a huge word of advice for you. When you go into the room I'm about to describe, take a couple minutes and pause. Don't, even if the line's moving ahead of you, let people go ahead of you, take your time because what I'm about to describe to you is Amazing. So, what this room is, it's clear that Universal was tipped off by the amazing crew, amazing queue of Tron in Shanghai. And of course, the likely will have the same queue here in Orlando for Tron. And I've been on Tron in Shanghai, and it's one of my top 10 coasters, the only Disney coaster in my top 10. It's an amazing coaster. It's not as good as Velocicoaster. But one of the things that's awesome about Tron is it has actually very for, towards the very beginning of the queue indoors in the indoor portion there's these windows that um, look down um, to the launch area for the launch of, of, of Tron and Tron only has one launch there basically is like some like videos videos playing and all of a sudden the window becomes transparent and you can suddenly see down to the launch area you see this video play and it's synchronized with each launch and the video stops right when the launch is about to happen window becomes transparent you see the launch happen right in front of you with music and sound effects Universal said oh yeah we can do that with a little twist so in this in this very large room inside the queue in the downstairs area before you go upstairs for the um to actually go into the boarding station there's a, a a series of i don't know four or five or so windows along the wall flat wall normally speaking when nothing's going on you can see through them and you can see there's a launch track and it's the boost launch it's the second launch of the ride which is an amazing launch by the way we'll talk about more about that later and again normally it's transparent i saw what was going on when i first went on i'm like okay well, i gotta stop here so eventually of course uh, with each dispatch um middle of the ride that that train will come through there and tearing through there for that boost launch it's so exciting and you see the train come through i'm like oh great you know you do a video or whatever well something happens afterwards we have raptors chasing the train afterwards so That's these are cool. much like tron it's transparent windows but they also incorporate video in there and kind of like an like a i uh, might be a pepper's ghost effect i'm not sure but it's, it's holographic they d and they're chasing the trains but they're not just chasing they they stop as after the train gets through and they look at you they're kind of perplexed you know the raptors always so curious so it's so cool raptors are in theme there, kind of typical kind of raptor movements and quizzical and so forth uh so that's that's another room but then the best room is the one right before the lockers and universal was really cool about this they did this on purpose because they know people can't take their phones after the lockers so they had all these cool easter eggs before the lockers so people could video and take photographs so the coolest room is after that is kind of a smaller room and you see several raptors and four raptors basically you see their heads in those kind of open cages like you saw in the movie like the first Jurassic World movie with Owen Grady uh Chris Pratt's character where he has them kind of line up kind of like almost like they're lining up for a race and they're kind of held in those in those pens if you will so you see just the raptor head it, these are some of the coolest animatronics I've ever seen close up they don't move a lot because they're in those little cage things but you see the eyes move you see their kind of breathing their kind of cheeks move in and out and you see their heads twist a little bit and they also have uh, animatronics behind the wall where their bodies would be. And you can see the walls move and they're trying to like bust through. And so there's all these little cool, little, little animatronic and, and effects that are going on that are very realistic. I mean, it is a very realistic looking well dinosaur, of course there, Velociraptor. And all of them move, but especially one on, there's three on one side and one on the other, but one by itself is the real featured one, so a little better lighting. And it moves more than the others it seemed like, but it's really cool. Granted, a great Kodak moment. The last Kodak moment you're going to have before you get in the lockers. And the lockers, you guys remember, uh, what was it? Yukon um, Striker. That was like the big <laughs> deal. What was it two years ago? Because I had the movable uh, locker, the uh, little pens that moved around those buckets.
0: Yeah. Well, this I is actually the got thing. a this chance is... to ride it. So I know, nice. what, I know what you mean. It's the moving lockers with the bins.
2: Yep. So this is the, this is this year's version of Yukon Striker. (laughs) So the lockers and universal has awesome locker system. They're like the opposite of Cedar point where they try and nickel and dime you These small size lockers at all the attractions, universal are free, completely free. And they're really cool. You don't have to use your fingerprint like you used to. Now you just scan your barcode, your ticket or your annual pass on a little, Mm -hmm. um, you know, light sensor and it opens up a locker for you. And then when you come back, you scan your card again and it opens your locker automatic. That's typical, that's been universal for a while while now. What's new about these lockers is they're double-sided. So basically the the lockers are basically kind of in like a U, kind of go around kind of a wall and there's a space in between. And so you go around on the outside of the lockers when you first get there, you know, put your your belongings in there. You're supposed to for the ride, no loose articles, of course. And then when you're done, you come up, come down the stairs on the other side, on the inside of, along the lockers, and there's another set of doors and sensors and so forth on that side. And you empty the lockers on the opposite side of where you pick where you pick things up. So it makes it because those of you've been in Universal, like especially for the for the Wizarding World attractions, there's always commotion and all these people trying to get a locker and empty a locker, and it's hectic. This avoids all that. It's super clean and not hectic, and there's not as many. There's half the number of people basically. It's a brilliant system. And my, my hat off, I was wearing a hat, I tip it off to Universal for that. Every, everything that they did with this ride is stellar. But that was a really cool little feature. And then you head upstairs after stowing all your loose articles. And there's one final section, basically a pre-show before you go to the boarding area. And it's a giant video wall. And you have Chris Pratt, uh, Owen Grady, and Claire, Bryce, Dal- Bryce Dallas Howard's character, by the way. She's the daughter of Ron Howard, if you didn't know that. So they're two main characters, of course, in the Jurassic World movies. So Claire is in a control center, and you see Velocicoaster operating behind her with rocks and the track and everything. And basically what the story of the ride is, is that Claire has come up with, you know, always trying to out- outdo themselves at Jurassic World with a new attraction that's more exciting, that's got more bite to it. They found a way to safely have guests get as close as possible to the velociraptors as they can. And so that's what the story is here. This is this track, this this coaster goes through the raptor paddock. The idea is that the coaster is so fast that it can outrun the velociraptors, which is why you see the velociraptors chasing the coaster, for example. During the boost launch that I talked about earlier in the queue, so again, they're talking about that, and of course, you've got Claire, who's all excited, She's like, Oh, we're going to make money with this, we're going to bring more guests in, our attendance is going to go up. And then Owen Grady is down in the boost launch area, it, it, either the boost launch area or the first launch, but he's in the, one of the launch areas and he's a little skeptical about how well this is going to work. And, you, know, you know, what could go wrong, right? What could go wrong? So, anyway, that's the basic story, and you are see a big video screen of this, it's a few minute long video can watch and then it's time to board of course that's what we're all about it's getting on the ride so there's 12 rows so it's 24 seats for the train so rows of two each of course and then again so that's the end of the queue and that's the boarding you know the boarding area uh boarding area one more comment on the far side where you exit because you exit on the opposite side of where you get on the ride there are giant windows that you can see the first half of the ride some of the first half of the ride you know through the rocks and so forth and unfortunately it'd be great if you could take pictures there because it's a really cool looking view you know, you got your eyes, you got your memory is the, cause you can't bring a camera in there. It's kind of a one area of the coaster. You can't see, you can't photograph or video for the, because of the iniquities of it. So yeah. So that's the whole cube basically. So.
0: Okay. So what was your reaction seeing the coaster up close and personal?
2: Um, so in terms of seeing it, you know, walking around the park, you know, what I could say film or, or see, you know, before we getting on the ride or getting to the queue or
0: getting on the ride. Cause obviously we've all seen the coat or well, not everyone, but those of you who had been attending Universal as the construction process of going on had seen it go, you know, erect from the ground up. But what was it like to actually finally go and see it in the queue line and everything and actually witness it firsthand, like right up close?
2: Okay. Yeah. So, and to clarify and to your point, I, I, Universal is, I would consider my main home park here in Florida. I live in Orlando, it's the closest to my home, and it's my favorite. Universal Orlando Resort is amazing. I love Disney. I love SeaWorld and and Bush and everything. But Universal is my jam. It's the best of everything. I have been in the park many times. I've seen this, this, this coaster be built, this churro stand or the landscaping project as Universal originally was claiming it was two years ago. I've seen it come up, you know, over the past couple of years and I've seen it running and testing over the past few months. One of my favorite experiences when I renewed my Universal annual pass, I did not have it active, did not have it a uh, pass, you know, during the second half of COVID last year, just because of safety, but I got my pass going again. And I, first time came here was I think back in February or and to Orlando, to Universal Orlando. And that was the first day they opened the bypass bridge. And I remember I was there with my buddy Austin and we were just filming everything. And just like, cause the track, that's where the uh, zero G stall is, for example, and uh, the double helix, the two-sided helix. So it's here, it's right above you. And they firstly, were not testing that day. Austin are like when are they going to start testing because to have that track to have the coaster testing above us but it's so cool to see the track up close so I've seen it and of course the area across from the Raptor Encounter where you can look down into the boost launch and look right into the rock section that first half of the ride I've seen all that what I got to do for the first time uh, essentially on Sunday is I got to of course see the queue like we talked about but I'm a huge Jurassic Park and Jurassic World fan by the way much like Tron and that Daft Punk soundtrack playing throughout Tomorrowland at Shanghai, and of course on the ride, if part of the ride, you hear that Jurassic World, you know Jurassic Park, that John Williams amazing soundtrack in the land before you even get in the queue. But then seeing all the theming and seeing the raptors and the animatronics and watching it launch with that cool thing with the raptors following, it was just amazing. So exciting to, you know, to, to see all this before getting on the ride. But you really, you don't see a whole lot of the ride before boarding it. So you see a lot more of it if you're not in the queue, when you're in the outside, because you can see it. You can get a great view of it down by Plop Eyes by blue-dose bill trap barges. You can see it from within Jurassic Park property. You can see it over a little bit from the Wizarding World and from the bypass bridge and et cetera. It's still a lot of anticipation because you don't see a lot of the motion of the ride when you're inside and going to the boarding area.
0: So I know that Universal had shut down a lot of the Jurassic Park World area of the park during the Velocicoaster construction phase so how has the theming improved in that area of the park and around the ride
2: well so i think jurassic park which it's still that lands officially called jurassic park still is having an identity crisis what's happening is you have jurassic you know the the velocity coaster the theming Mm -hmm. of it the, the inside of the queue the outside of the queue building show building it's all jurassic world themed it's you know everything there even the merchandise they're selling i like, I don't have it with me here right now. It's in my other room, but I have one of those new the lanyards that you can get from Universal and it has Velocicoaster on it. It says Jurassic World. I mean, they're not hiding. They're trying to claim it's part of Jurassic Park. So it doesn't fit in the timeline. The raptor encounter, they redid that as part of the, what you just described Iva, with this kind of revitalization and how they had to move things around because of Velocicoaster itself fitting it in. on um, The raptor encounter has got the gray buildings and the Jurassic World logo. And so it's very Jurassic World. So that, and that's kind of in the middle of Jurassic Park. It's smack dab in the middle. Well, unfortunately, right next to and between those two, basically, is the Discovery Center where Burger Diggs is, and so forth. And that is very Jurassic Park. Now, what are they going to do? Are they going to paint it gray, or you know, you know? And obviously, you can you can have some level of of uh, uh, you know, just just kind of hand waving, of course. What I'm hoping they'll do because we still have the River Adventure, the Jurassic mm-hmm. Park River Adventure, and I have refused to watch any POVs of what they have in Hollywood because I I love that ride and I love Jurassic World and I've just heard of what they've done and David and I've talked about it, but I'm hoping that they'll bring it here. And rumors are that Universal Orlando budget-wise had a choice of Velocicoaster or the Jurassic World uh, conversion for River Adventure. Well, I can tell you, wasn't sure before, but we got the right, we went with the right one here because Velocicoaster is incredible, as we'll talk more about. Uh, But I think eventually it's inevitable that the whole land will become Jurassic World. And they'll convert River Adventure, maybe not next year because of budget, but in a few years, whatnot. And then the Discovery Center, again, who knows there. But so that's kind of the identity crisis. But everything looks great. The, I haven't been into the Raptor counter, as I was telling you earlier today, Iva, off air, mm-hmm. but it looks really cool. And we got to do it when you guys come in October. Oh, yeah. So I, I, yeah. And I've heard it's really awesome. You can meet not, not only Blue, you can meet a baby Raptor as well, apparently. And it looks great. I mean, Jurassic Park is beautiful. The Jurassic Park land, it's so much more immersive than say what they have in Hollywood because the the blessing of size here in Orlando. And uh, it's beautiful. It's lush. The landscaping looks good. We talked about life finding a way, Universal found a way, but um, we also have one of the famous quotes from the Jurassic world, Jurassic park movies, John Hammond, the creator of Jurassic park said spare no expense and universal (laughs) clearly spared no expense here in a couple of ways. One, this ride, I mean, you know, it, the, the, the theming of it, the rock work, the, some of the show scene stuff we'll talk about that's on the ride, the, the coaster itself, you know, it's, the, you know, all the track, the top hat, it's not a tiny coaster, it's a long coaster, it, you know, it, it was very expensive, clearly, but also it was not cheap for them because they, they fit this coaster in so well. There was, I mean, Looking back at how Jurassic Park is, it's amazing they fit this coaster in there and they really had to do a lot of work cutting back into there and moving things around and, you know, cutting down some trees and relocating trees and whatnot. And there's a lot of sections over water, over the bypass bridge. They did an incredible job. I would love to have been a fly in the wall in the meetings between Intamin and Universal Creative and how they kind of went through the process of fitting this coaster in like that. So, but it's it, the, the mechanics, if you will, the, um, that, this, that this coaster adds to the land of the, the motion, the kinetics, if you will, is outstanding. And, and what I'm looking forward to seeing is being there at night and being on the ride at night, but also those blue lights on the coaster, that, you know, that, that they're on the trains. I mean, it's very reminiscent of Tron. Again, it's probably influenced by Tron again. It's it's awesome seeing that coaster run at night there and then continuing to see that as I go back. So yeah, it's just the visuals are awesome.
0: Yeah, and didn't they just open the new uh, T-Rex photo opportunity too again? That had yes. been shut down.
2: Yes, the Jeep with the, I've not done that myself mm-hmm. either. But yeah, they do have that there. They put that back in there. They were able to bring that back in. They, again, they had to take things out for construction, but right. pretty much everything that was there before is there now. It's just moved and even more things like the photo encounter. So,
0: so what was it like to experience the latest Vacoma roller coaster? Vacoma or not Vacoma, sorry. Um, <laughs> Intimate. I don't it. know why I
2: said Vacoma. Okay.
0: It's light.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah. So it's an, it is an Intamin, um, Intamin and, and I'm sorry. So RCDB list, listed as a, uh, let me see, I just have RCDB up. I was looking up it earlier. They refer to it as an LSM launch coaster model. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. This is an Intamin Blitz coaster. That's what this is. So, but you know, anyways, so, but yeah, it's an Intamin. So, uh, so you would like to know what it was like to experience it, right? It? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, experience it. In a word, dumbfounded, speechless. Just, I had high expectations for this ride because Intamin's my favorite coaster manufacturer. Um, my top 10 has a lot of Intamins on it. It's to say, as one more now. And, you know, as this, as this coaster was built and, you know, seeing it testing and the blue lights and the trains were wondering at night, uh, just looked awesome. And the track layout looked incredible. But I think where I, it what exceeded my expectations is not really having a good handle on what that layout was going to be like to experience it, the forces you know the physics of it. And this ride exceeds all expectations in that most important way. Um, and then the other little things, the theming that we can talk about and and some of the little, you know, the the you know, the things that someone like a Universal or a Disney would do that others wouldn't, you know, again the rock work and the show scenes and what and whatnot, the audio and video effects and so forth, those just are icing on the cake. It is my new number one coaster. It is Eclipse Maverick and Soaring with Dragon. And Hagrid's is, I think, is now number five. So four of my top five are Intamin's because Intamin is just knocking it out of the park. RMC, they're coming for RMC. They really are. And I would say that this coaster, I think part of why Universal went crazy with it with Intamin is this, I think, is truly... Universal's apology for dueling dragons because dueling dragons was an unusual coaster. It was an enthusiast coaster mm-hmm. and you know, the issues with it, how it, they didn't like how it fit in with Harry Potter. They had stopped dueling because of the cell phones hitting people and all that unfortunate stuff. They, then they, and what they were placed in dueling dragons with in the physical space, Hagrid's, which you guys are going to experience for the first time in the fall is again, it's not my top five. It's, it's an amazing coaster, but it's not a thrill coaster. It's an amazing family coaster. It's, a, it's the best mind train coaster on the planet, basically, but it's not a thrill coaster. So, and that's what Dueling Dragons was. So VelociCoaster, anyone who's still gonna play, and I miss Dueling Dragons, ride VelociCoaster. You're not gonna complain anymore. If you are, shame on you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. And I don't know if you want me to go into more detail on the layout of it and the kind of, you know, some of these reasons why I, I, it is my number one, and you know, the the, uh, the forces and how amazing they are, but it kind of can answer that question in a general sense. That's, that's how I'd say what it was to ride. It's an amazing, uh, incredibly forceful coaster with some amazing elements and forces and so forth.
0: So I know that you were a huge fan of Maverick before you rode VelociCoaster. So did you feel like VelociCoaster had the best element compared to any other Intamin coaster you had rode before
2: or similar to it? Uh, um, Yeah. So I love Maverick. Um, What I love about Maverick the most, there's probably two things I love about Maverick. So one is I love the quick transitions on the ride. You know, Maverick is a horse-themed coaster. You're, you're, you're simulating riding a horse, a galloping horse, a fast-running horse. And so those kind of quick transitions that only seemingly Intamin can do really well or really does period, that has so many of those on Maverick to simulate a kind of horse kind of bucking around and not you know, galloping around. They just, they make me giddy, they make me laugh. And that's why Maverick was my number one. It was so fun to ride. And I just, it just it's brought a smile to my face. Like no other coaster does. It's not the fastest, it's certainly not the tallest, it's a terrain coaster, but it's so fun. But the other thing I love, I love launch coasters. Yeah, I love Gigas. They're great, but I love launch coasters. Launch coasters are my jam. The second launch, the, the, if you will, the boost launch on Maverick is, is a really fun going through that tunnel and so forth. And I, I love that. <laughs> There's no comparison. Velocicoaster is so much more aggressive, you know, four inversions. the Airtime that you experience on Velocicoaster is insane. Absolutely insane. I've not experienced airtime like this before. Now I've not been on Sky Rush. I've not been on Steel Vengeance yet. I've been to both parks. been to Hershey Park, I've been to uh, Cedar Point, just not been there recently enough. And I need to. But it's for the coasters I've been on. I've been on 337 coasters now, strict strict count on coaster count, and I've been on a lot of the world's best, and the world's fastest, and biggest, and you know, gigas and hypers and all that. But um, and inverting coasters. But um, for the ones I've been on, this is this is the best. And and comparing Maverick to Velocicoaster, uh, Velocicoaster is basically like Mavericks like. Um, um, granddaddy, you know, it's, it's like the, it's the big boy compared to Maverick and Maverick's still great. Maverick's still my number two, but Velocicoaster is just so much bigger than Maverick in literally and figuratively, but it's got that intimate pedigree. And there are a few of those kind of quick transitions, by the way, Hagrid's has it too. Hagrid's in the spaghetti bowl, spaghetti, yeah, spaghetti bowl portion of the ride in the middle has some of those kind of fun helix and some quick transitions like that. where you you know, you know go to the left, go to the right, you know, very quickly. And I just always love that. But the thing that makes Velocicoaster so amazing is it, it because it's got some of that fun transit, quick transitions and the, the interesting airtime, I laugh on it. Every single time I've written it, all eight times, been laughing, been smiling ear to ear. But then you combine that with the insane forces and the intensity, it's the best of both worlds. And all of that on a super smooth ride with amazing theming, the rock work, the, the audio video stuff that happens in the show scene in the beginning and one of my favorite movie um, um, properties of all time. Holy cow. I mean, I can't, there's nothing bad I can say about this coaster. It's two minutes of Coaster ecstasy. It's, the ride's just about two minutes long, a little, more, a little over two minutes. It's very re-rideable. Again, like I said, it's very smooth. So people, I, I you know, I've been, you know, talking about the ride and groups on Facebook, and I'm part of some of the Universal uh, passholder groups, and people have been commenting, and a lot of comments. People I don't know, of course, and and um, people ask me, "Oh my God, is it too intense? Is it going to be rough like Rip Ride Rocket or Hulk?" No, intensity doesn't mean rough, as we know. Roughness on coasters is not supposed to happen. That's because they're not maintained well, the elements, etc. You know, intensity, you can still have in a very smooth coaster. And that's what Velocicoaster is. It does not hurt. It, it's very comfortable, but it, you just feel those awesome forces, you know, during the ride. And then after the ride, you're feeling great. You've got that adrenaline and all that. So, so yeah, Maverick and Velocicoaster is no comparison.
0: So, you know, they say that T-Rex is, you know, the king of the dinosaurs. So would you say that Velocicoaster is the king of the intimate coasters and Maverick is like, the small raptor, then of the dinosaur coast. I know I'm, I'm throwing some <laughs> dinosaur <laughs> I, I analogies a out stretch, there.
2: Little stretch there. Um, well, if you think about it, as I recall, <laughs> whether it be in Jurassic World, Jurassic Park movies, however accurate they are about depicting these real beasts that existed millions of years ago. They're not fictitious animals. Now the the um, the one that the the uh, anonymous rex, that's fake. But, you know, Veloc- Velociraptors and T-Rexes, those are real real animals. But Veloc- <laughs> Velociraptors are faster than T-Rexes, as I recall, and they have more endurance. And that's really appropriate for Vel- Velocicoaster. Velocicoaster is like this speed beast too. It's, it's a, you know, another aspect of Velocicoaster that's incredible. It has some of the best pacing I've ever seen on a coaster. It is start to finish a nonstop blast. And it is, Premier, I'm looking at you guys. You guys have some great coasters. But shame on you with full throttle. Come on, guys. Stopping for a second launch like that? That's not a Skyrocket too. That's not a multi-launch. You're not trying to fit that in a small space. A, a, any launch coaster, multi-launch coaster that stops for a, for a one of the later launches, unless it's part of the story. Like, of course, we know Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind's going to do that because it's a story coaster. Hagrid slows down and never stops except for the drop track. But, but okay, those make sense because it's part of the story. But a thrill coaster? Uh-uh. You do not stop until you hit that break run, It destroys the pacing. So Velocicoaster has pacing down, like amazing pacing, not just because it doesn't stop until the end, but because of the spacing of the elements, the layout of the elements and how it's really two coasters in one, by the way. So well done in that regard. But yeah, to answer your question, the Velocicoaster is clearly... Uh, You know, like what Universal says, the apex predator, it is at the top of the food chain in terms of thrill coaster.
0: So it's a clever girl, huh?
2: Very clever girl. Yes, (laughs) Velociraptors are very smart animals, so, or were. (laughs) Still are. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Universal's got to bring them back, so yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) Um, We've been talking about how we're doing the visit in October to Florida, so we're going to release those dates just in case if any one of our listeners wants to join up on us. Um, so it's going to be October 21st through October thir- 29th. We're going to be in Florida. We've got our itinerary semi planned. So and we'll be releasing that at an, an earlier uh, future date. So that way, if any one of our listeners is in the area and would like to meet up with us, we, uh, please feel free to do so.
2: Awesome. And I will be uh, joining you guys for most of your trips. I'm, of course, yep. you know, resident local here in Florida. And I'm so excited to, uh, you know, quick aside here, so excited to be sharing my amazing home parks with you guys. And be one of my favorite things to do is to ride amazing coasters, raising rides and experience things for with people for their first time. I may have done it before. And I got to do that on Sunday with seven of my friends when I was the eighth person riding with them, and my second ride on VelociCoaster. And holy cow, their reactions to it was amazing. But yeah, I'm excited to be joining you guys, and uh, you know, hopefully, I've got you know, going to be uh, making sure you guys have an awesome time here in late October.
1: So, Looking forward to it.
2: Um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, definitely.
1: yes, and also when you mentioned Florida, Iva, just to let everybody know, Iva and I will on our way home from Florida, we will be spending one full day. In Dallas. So we'll be yes. both of us. First time we'll be at Six Flags over Texas. It'll be both our first visits. Looking forward to it. I was trying to go last year, but the pandemic kind of killed that plan. So yeah, I'm excited. Uh, last time I was in Florida was 2017. So Universal must have really gone through a major transformation in the past
0: couple of years. Yeah. The last time I was in Florida was 2013. So yeah, it's been a while for me. And like I had talked to you and Andrew before, the last time I was at Universal was when the first phase of Harry Potter opened. So that's been a while. So yes, I'm right. looking forward to everything we're doing with Busch Gardens and Universal Sea World, and Disney and Fun Spot. We got 10 days of cram-filled fun when we're going. Yeah. yeah and
2: don't, and don't forget about the puppy time when you guys come to my house.
0: And the puppy time. We get to see <laughs> the puppy.
2: Finally get to All see right. your house. Yeah, see yeah. My house, my brand new house. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Actually, I'm happy to share it with you guys. So.
0: All right. So I know you have been dying about telling us about that heartline role or the Mosasaurus role. So do you think that's the strongest impact during that ride?
2: Yeah. So (laughs) again, even though you're stapled and because you're right over the water there too, so it's kind of maybe a little bit like a fear factor thing, I guess, but you you feel like you're going to fall out. I mean, the only thing I can compare to personally, and it's not a fair comparison, but um, I just wrote Tigris. I've ridden a whole bunch of the Skyrocket twos. I've written probably, I think most of them, it's point four of them, I think in this country. And I just wrote Tigris as a book gardens last weekend, the day before I was at Universal on Saturday. And when you f- complete the third launch and you finally start to go through the full circuit, the first thing you experience is you get to the top and you do that slow heartline roll, the inline roll. And that's cool because it's so slow, but it's 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 a fairly short one. It's not stretched out barrel roll like like the one on Velocicoaster. So, but you're going so slow you feel like you're gonna fall out. But with with what's even freakier than than that on, on a Skyrocket 2 is this heartline roll velocity coaster because you're at speed, you know, you're not 70, you're probably like 50 at this point because you've you know bled some speed. But with that stretched out, you're hanging there for a few seconds and it is freaky. It is. It's a good freaky. It's fun. Yeah. There's so many great forces that you don't get on almost any other coaster out there. And I think that's why, I mean, again, I've not ridden Steve yet, but I want to, I need to. Um, But I've had friends who have been on, you know, Steve, still vengeance and they like Velocicoaster better. It's not about being the tallest, the fastest, the longest ride. The is not as long. It's still vengeance. Like I think it's half the half the length and time. It's about a little more than a two minute ride. But it, you know, it's quality over quantity. So it's about the, how fun it is, the forces, the uniquity of those forces, and the airtime. And, th- and this ride, it's, it doesn't. It's not just your typical, you know, like uh, bunny hop. You know, airtime hill, airtime. It is lateral air. You got that crazy ejector though at the top of the top hat. And then, and then you know the hang time. Very few coasters have hang time. So, mm-hmm.
0: well, I have the next question. You've already answered for me, which was, you know, how's it ranking your top ten? It's number one right now. So, right, have you had a chance to ride it in the day and night yet?
2: Oh, so um, I, 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 I probably, I, 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 again, I freaking love this coaster so much. I didn't think I was going to. I thought it was gonna be, oh, you know, fun. It's a Universal thrill coaster. It's gonna be fun. So, I'm, I'm gonna be getting on it at night pretty soon. The only reason why I haven't done it yet is because I can't, you know, it's at at reservations. I am waiting and everyone listening and watching you guys that aren't locals or not pass holders, y'all got to be waiting with bated breath here because what's going to happen? Here's the question. So tomorrow, Wednesday the 5th, my understanding is that's the last day of reservations for pass holders. Well, the ride is not officially opening until June 10th. So what's going to happen for more than a month? Now, Universal, more so than you know, Disney, certainly, Disney doesn't usually do this. Universal does theatrical rehearsals. Now, that's technically what they're doing. They're doing passenger only by reservation, mm-hmm. what they call theatrical rehearsals or soft opening. Mm-hmm. My guess, because because Coast is running great. By the way, for those that are wondering, when I wrote it on Sunday, both times, they were running two trains. But a quick aside, actually, a really important one as part of this. This ride is a capacity beast for a couple of reasons. One, because of the of the multiple launches they have, again it's an effective block system with that they have five trains for the ride apparently and they can run four at once and i well i'm not, i can't talk about that but anyway so uh, but they have four trains that they can run at once and when they're running it like that it's, it's the capacity beast part of also why it's capacity beast just a simple lap bar no comfort collars like Skyrocket 2s at Steel Bushparks, Parks no seat belts. And those restraints that just come down really easy. Again, they're hydraulic. They're comfortable. It's easy to check the seats, and they load really quickly. This isn't some two-minute Six Flags loading. You're yawning while they're waiting to be dispatched type of experience. They, I didn't time them dispatching. I should have done that, but it was it's quick. So this thing can just move through. But so I'm wondering, you know, it's running well. I didn't see it really have downtime at all um, in these previews that I've been there for. So I'd like to think that, you know, and actually Larry and Gene, they're here all week. I'm going to be at Universal with them on Friday. We're all hoping that they're going to start public theatrical rehearsals starting maybe even Thursday or Friday. I'm not saying they're doing that. I don't know. I'm just hoping. But whenever they start open, you know, um, rides like that, I, I need to get out at night because, oh my God, it's going to be insane with that. Blue, uh, blue is my favorite color, and the blue lights and seeing more of the lights in that that first launch and more of the theming at night and seeing the raptor screens and stuff. And this, the rock work and all those head choppers, you know, how much lighting is on the ride itself. It's got to be a crazy experience. So I'm so excited. Uh, and I'm certainly, when you guys are here, you know, hopefully we can do that because the par- usually Islands is open late in October because of Horror Nights. So they're trying to balance the parks. And it gets darker earlier, of course, than say this time of year, almost in the summer. So I hope we get on at night. And Hagrid's, by the way, I still am. I'm embarrassed to say this. I, I'm a local. I've not ridden Hagrid's at night yet because the virtual line. It's hard to get a reservation at the right time. But um, I hear Hagrid's is incredible at night.
0: So, do you think that Intamin will outdo VelociCoaster?
2: I think so. I mean, you know, that's the thing that's amazing about coasters, and it's all about technology and great designers. And Intamin clearly has some great, great designers right now. They've, they've got an Alan shilke level design team, I think, in my opinion. I think with technology and combined with good, talented people, I think more better, you know, even more incredible things can happen. I, I I would love to see like a Velocicoaster, a Blitz coaster with more than two launches, you know, make it all, make it, you know, fine. Steel Venge oh my God, it's the longest coaster, thrill coaster, whatever. Well, you know, Intimate could do that, I'm sure. Someone pays enough money. They can have more than two launches in a ride. You know, they can make a longer ride. I think they will. It's a matter of having space. Universal does not have enough space. Now, Epic Universe is going to be having some interesting coasters. None of them are rumored to be intimate. One of them is a premier, a couple of them are premier track. One is a mock, but there's a racing coaster that's um, next to How to Train Your Dragon Land, not part of that that is going to be apparently a mock racing coaster. It looks pretty big too from permits rendering what we know so far. But yeah, but anyway I, I would love to see bigger intimate coasters. I'm excited to ride Pantheon. Pantheon looks mm-hmm. like it's great. I don't think it's going to be better than Velocicoaster. Velocicoaster is, is I think it's going to be the, the coaster of the year. I don't think Gwazi is going to beat it. Um, I just don't. But if Gwazi we'll even think, opens yeah. this year. Even if it opens this year. It may not be for 2022. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm going to be pissed if it doesn't open
2: this year.
0: <laughs> well, so okay, mad. I get it.
2: I get it, but the velocity coaster is so much better than we thought it was going to be. So I think you'll be redeemed by that. You'll be happy with that.
1: Yeah. Because this will so. be my first visit to Bush Gardens Tampa. So it would have been nice if if Iron Gwazi would be open for that first
2: trip bush Gardens tampa is a beautiful park i haven't been there in a couple of years it's a little further away from my home because i live on the other side of orlando in the northeast so it's like three hours for me to get there but i went there on saturday for the first time in two years it's beautiful I, lo- I love animals so it's got a great mix of animals land animals and stuff and so forth especially and rides great coasters falcons fury i rode for the first time on saturday oh my god that was a rush facing down like you slowly they slowly face you down at the top and then you drop it's so cool and um yeah, you are gonna have fun, David. There's some world-class coasters there. Not Velocicoaster, but some good stuff, some good rides. So
1: well, they got a couple I want, really want to ride. Uh
2: Sheikah I really Sheikra, want to oh, is one of my favorite dive coasters. It's up yeah. there. It's got it's got actually a section of it that is reasonably forceful for you know, yeah. A, I've been I, on forces, I've been on
1: so, so yeah, so far I've only been on two B and M dive coasters, that would be yeah. about Raven and Griffin. And Griffin. I actually Griffin's like, like my Griffin. Favorite.
2: Yes. Griffin's like my favorite. Griffin. I love the view from the top, but it's got a good uh, good layout. Yeah. Yeah. I love oh, yeah. her. And
0: I, I rode Yukon Striker, and that's my favorite dive coaster. So I'm going to see how that's going to be. Now I'm looking forward to Cheetah Chase.
1: Yes. That's Are you Cheetah Hunt? One. Cheetah hunt? You mean the Cheetah hunt? That... Or,
0: Yeah. Cheetah Hunt. Sorry. Okay.
1: okay. So, it's so supposed to be like can... Maverick, but it's. Maverick, yeah, don't, disappointing don't, yeah, little sister.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hunter, I've never been. Oh, no, it's not either. Maverick. Yeah, I know it's, it's not Maverick, but you can't always have a Maverick. <laughs>
1: no, so, so it's got to be yeah. better. It's got to be better than the Manta in San Diego.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Manta's a great family coaster. The the one in San Diego, the 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 mock, um, um, you know, multi-launch, non-inverting. But but no, I mean. I, I was pissed cheetah hunt i was at bush gardens camp all day saturday or in the afternoon at least and i was cheetah hunt was gonna be my last one i was gonna do it last and it broke down at the end of the day literally oh, i'm sorry the a trade got stuck on the first launch
1: Stephen, and <laughs> you know, sorry guys stephen just made a great comment
2: what did cedar he say point,
1: he, he said cedar point will be crying at the golden ticket awards now that this <laughs> is
2: opening probably <laughs> Yep. Yep. They will be. They will. Sorry, Tony Clark, but, um, so but, <laughs> that's a good one. Steven. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Stephen's so great. funny. We talk all the time, but he's a great kid. character mm-hmm. cheetah hunt. It, it's a fun coaster, but it, I think what happened is Bush. They, they, they wanted to tame it down a little bit. It's not, I don't think it's as exciting as or thrilling as Maverick. It's, it's got a really cool layout though. The way it kind of goes up into the, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's interesting. But you know, we'll I'll ride it. It's a fun coaster.
0: Well, you better ride it because I am. Oh no, I'm, I'll be
2: on there with you. I'm there for it.
0: <laughs> what does Velocicoaster Coaster mean for the future of Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure?
2: So here's here's what's interesting. So again, I love the Universal Orlando Resort, Volcano Bay, which you guys have not been to, right? So nope. I don't I don't know if we'll get to do that, but you know, maybe because we have the passes. But. Um, you get two park or three park passes, by the way. Just two park. Two. Yeah, it's probably okay. So we don't probably do volcano. But volcano is beautiful. It's like it's like it looks like a lush oasis, and it's got the cool blazer river through the volcano, and the, it's got an amazing water coaster that's magnetically launched—the only one I know of. Anyway, so that's a great park. Universal Studios Florida—it has its own identity crisis because it's got a lot of aging attractions. You know, Men in Black, Simpsons Ride. It's got the kid zone, which they're not sure what to do with. Um, it's got some fun rides you know it's got you know for example it's got mummy Um, it's got Diagon Alley and Gringotts is I think a great screen coaster ride you know one of the few tilt coasters in the world Technically a tilt coaster, but they need more in Universal Studios, Florida. It's crazy. There's no water rides in Universal Studios, Florida. All of them are in islands for the for the dry parks. I think what Universal is going to need to do is they need to rip out Rip Ride Rocket and they need to put out an amazing coaster in there. I don't know what. I mean, it, it would it be a great footprint for a raptor because it, because they're narrow and, and long. It's great, perfect for that. But a raptor, it's the capacity is way too low. I don't know. But what what it seems to be is is islands just because of the room there, the expansion maps they have, et cetera. They've been able to do more with it, but it makes Universal Studios Florida look that much more lacking. But it's it, overall, you know, comparing those three, but regardless, VelociCoaster, what it shows is that Universal is not afraid in that theme park spectrum to go after the big boys in terms of thrill rides. Again, VelociCoaster, it stands right up there with the best of the best. Again, I've not been on Still vendors, but people are saying it is better and Steel Vengeance, Larry and Jean I talked to Larry on the phone yesterday after they rode Velocicoaster. They are Steel Vengeance nuts. They're crazy about Steel Vengeance. And they, they said that Steel Vengeance is still better, but it was it was close. I mean, it's very close. So, so um, what I think this means is that Universal is saying, you know, Disney, they're crazy. You know, they're delaying their coasters. They're not really thrilling coasters. We are going to build real thrill rides. We're going to have amazing theming amazing immersion and they're they're just universal wants to take over they really want to take over they're going to have everything it's not just you know you don't have to go to six flags anymore or cedar fair to ride an amazing thrill coaster and i think they're going to build more of these i think that's what we're going to see it epic well, that's yeah. why i said if you know?
1: universal wants to do it they're to, not just florida they're gonna to have to do it to all their parks hollywood mm-hmm. they're gonna to have to do something because if they want to keep having if they want to dominate they got to do it in all their parks uh, yeah general. i
2: mean they're if, the floor yeah florida dominates i've been to singapore and it's you know it's it's F- florida is their like flagship and it's largely because of the space issue the blessing of size but it's also the competition thing because what's happening right now and i and again it's not just me and my friends talking about this pete warner uh, one of my favorite podcasters from the Diz unplugged you know he usually hosts the Diz unplugged the disney world edition which i listen to every every tuesday wednesday he loves to criticize disney when it's warranted and he has been criticizing disney through the pandemic and he is talking about that people he's because he he owns dreams and winter travel one of the largest travel agents independent travel agents here in Florida, and they are seeing people just go to, to Universal instead of Disney or spend more time at Universal. He sees the numbers, he sees the bookings. That's what he does. And so it's not just anecdotally, and that's what Universal has to do because there's so much competition here and they are winning. Hollywood, like you said, David, there's more competition, but they have major, major uh landlock and, and size issues, mm-hmm. space issues. And that's why it's interesting what you were telling me about how there's some play some action going on between the different studios where it looks like Universal's buying that old what Warner Brothers the We're West, looking to West see
1: cuz so Warner Brothers has his historical ranch lot off of Hollywood Way in Burbank which is not far from the main Warner Brothers studios. Universal used to own NBC studios in Burbank. It was one of the biggest studios yep. along with Warner right. Brothers and Disney Studios. Well, when GE owned Universal, right. they Back were the 80s. They were dumb enough to sell NBC lot to an independent studio company which is now called Burbank Studios and Comcast and Universal are kicking themselves in the butt right now because they could have used the NBC Studios to move their production for Universal over there and had a lot more space for the park well Warner Brothers bought the former NBC studio lot and they're building this massive skyscraper along with keeping all the sound stages and they're adding more to that lot but in order for them to get a proof of that the city of burbank told them they have to sell the western studio lot which is a huge lot now it's a historical lot because a lot of great tv shows and movies have been filmed it's warner brothers ranch studio areas where all the, the western movies and everything has been filmed uh forest area like from jurassic park uh universal oh. use part of warner brothers park for that there was a rumor and it wouldn't surprise me if this is true from my sources is that universal has an interest in the warner brothers western lot because it's pretty huge and it they could move majority of nbc most of their productions that are right. over at universal city over there and it would give universal hollywood down below where jurassic world and lego or super mario world's being built they right. will have He's a lot more real I mean. estate space and they're so, also talking about buying up homes in the mountains and flattening some areas of the mountains and doing whatever it takes to make room. So I'm curious. I'm monitoring. I'm just watching what mm-hmm. universal mm-hmm. is doing with Hollywood because they just tore down saddle ranch restaurant
2: oh, yeah. in front of the right. park and city walk. Yeah. Yeah. And city
1: Walk's been going through some transformations. So I think there's going to be a major investment into Hollywood. Cause I heard they may be expanding Harry Potter down there now. And now they're looking to do a lot of changes. So, so we'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah.
2: There's been rumors of Diagon Alley or some flavor of it coming to Hollywood. And, and I, I, you know, I know Diagon Alley pretty well because I'm there a lot. And I love Diagon Alley. Oh, my God. They, there's, there's actually all these nooks and crannies. There's Nocturne Alley and there's like this other side of, 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 of the outside portion of Diagon Alley that's not near Greengoth that just like shops and stuff. They could make a smaller version of Diagon Alley and not lose the key features, not lose the dragon, not lose even Nocturnality. They could make it like half the size and get the key aspects of it into Universal Studios Hollywood. And there's been rumors of them doing something along these lines for years. I think David, you know, I think it makes sense because they've been taking away more and more sound stages in the lower lot and just getting rid of them. And so if they have another studio a few miles away, that they can use and just have more more sound stages there. Sound stages are not special. They could have more space in the lower lot. The lower lot could become as big as the upper lot, and they could fit a, coasters down there, fit more Harry Potter. So I, I bet that's what they're going to do because Universal you know, so Hollywood is um, is a great park. I spent a lot of time there when I lived in California. had a pass and everything it's not orlando but and it's like you know how disneyland is not disney world it's just you don't have as much but yeah there's opportunity there i think you're onto something david that's what i'm telling i'm
1: telling everybody and everybody that's watching or listening monitor watch hollywood because you're seeing what's going on in Orlando. Hollywood's going to be next because Disney's making major moves in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Big moves, okay? Yep. And yep. so is Six Flags, and so is Knott's. And SeaWorld, San Diego's even, on the move on things. So there's a lot of things happening in the California park. They're, Disney, especially here, they're moving on to the future here. Yep. That Disney forward project is amazing. I mean, yep. it, about freaking time, hallelujah. You know, it's like, yep. yay, finally, yep. a major expansion. Well, and here's
2: what's interesting. There's a of interesting things about Disney. Disneyland forward we talked about this we'll uh, inside look in the podcast here a uh, the episode that we just released uh, on April 30th very timely with the reopening grand reopening finally more than a year for more than a year of, of Disneyland we uh, had uh, uh David and I had a great discussion with uh Bernie and D and Sarah from uh, Kidal TV and they're big Disney fans and we we're talking about Disneyland forward a little bit there have been rumors for years that Disney was going to finally build that that, you know, crazily rumored and often discussed third gate for Disneyland Resort Mm -hmm. by going across Harbor Drive and buying out like Captain Kids Buffet and all these, you know, kind of sketchy motels that are there and restaurants and stuff and and also buy out, there's a small mall over there that's changed hands so many times and doesn't do well and basically buy out that whole area and have a bridge over there or tunnel or whatever and have a third gate over there. But that's not what what Disneyland Forward Project is. Disneyland Forward Project effectively is. Taking the, the block, the giant rectangle, basically it's almost square that is Disneyland California Adventure, and filling in every little nook and cranny, every little last little surface parking lot and backstage areas, pulling that all out and expanding California Adventure and Disneyland, that those two parks and making them bigger, which you know what is brilliant because those parks, especially Disneyland, hits capacity all the time, and here we are with COVID with limited capacity. You know, not to say, you know, Disneyland Forward's not going to be built for years, so hopefully we don't have anything like COVID then. But, you know, their parks, they need more space. Now, here's the thing that's cool. Everyone is listening and watching. So Disney, one of the things they do more so than say Universal, Universal tends to do, you know, unique things with their, at least with their big thrill rides and coasters. They they tend to repeat their screen rides a little bit, but like Fast and Furious. But Disneyland tends to do the, the Six Flags thing a little bit. They buy Multiples of certain rides and they and they theme them and they put them inside and whatnot. And one of the more recent examples of that is the booster bike, if you will, motorbike coaster from Vacoma, which of course is Tron. And all of the rumors, all of the, you know, lots of evidence is that they bought three of three. Well, we have Shanghai. We got Magic Kingdom. I'm so excited for that. Hopefully next year. Well, it is rumored that the third one is coming to Disneyland. Now it's either going to go into Tomorrowland and they're going to do a whole, you know, maybe take out Autopia because that thing is, you know, gas guzzling, smelly cars, who needs those? And maybe take out Buzz Lightyear as well to fit that in or however they're going to do it. Or it is rumored it's going to be going in one of these basically what you can call expansion pads as part of the Disneyland forever project. I mean, I think that'd be great. I am so excited for Disneyland for, because I love Disneyland. Disneyland was my home Disney park for years. And David, I'm, I'm thrilled for you because that is your home Disney park and will be. So um, it deserves
1: some, yeah. um, yeah. it deserves an expansion. I mean, Galaxy's yeah. Edge was a great, great uh, expansion. So sorry guys, I'm being interrupted. Um, <laughs> so, but um, yeah, Disneyland needs it. And I think Anaheim finally, the city of Anaheim finally woke up about it after the pandemic.
2: So, Yeah, if there's one good thing for Disneyland that's come out of the pandemic is the city of Anaheim finally, and rightly so, has realized, oh, my God, this largest employer in our city, they are important to us? Yeah, of course they're important to you. They're important oh, to right. you because they also bring in business for every other business in Anaheim. The hotels, the restaurants, all the service businesses, the, all even the, the CVS and the Walgreens that are there, You know, all the tourists go in there and buy stuff. I mean, come on. I can't believe that Anaheim has been so hard to deal with for years. They have they have me should be thankful and bending down and kissing Disney's virtual boots because of all the money they bring in. Come on, guys. I mean, they had their heads up there, you know what's. But yeah, anyways, so it's better now, hopefully. So,
1: great conversation, man. It's yeah. well needed.
0: <laughs> That's for Absolutely. another day. I have a funny feeling in another podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Andrew, for giving us this incredible review of this new amazing coaster. I'm so looking forward to riding Velocicoaster this October when I get down to Florida. And so this really completes our first part of our live broadcast. And make sure to tune in to our next episode, of part two, where I get to share with everybody my greatest adventure uh, when I do the sky jump at the Stratosphere in Las Vegas. You don't want to miss that one. So make sure to check it out on your favorite podcasts.